We're continuing our series called In the Spirit, and it just so happens that this works really well with Mother's Day. And so <coughs> I want to start off once again saying Happy Mother's Day. Moms, you are so important in the lives of your kids, and for some of you in the lives of your grandkids, um, and I can't speak enough how important you are in their development and then becoming all that they have been called to be. And this is coming from somebody, and I'll be honest, that has not always appreciated my mom the way that I should. And I, even though I don't say it enough, I love my mom, and I know that I am the man I am today because of her influence. She's been the biggest voice in my life, and even though I have resisted it in the past, <laughs> and mom's like, yep, she's nodding, she knows. Um, but I, you know, I love her immensely, and I know that she is um, so important in the life of my, my, me and my brother and my kids. Um, yeah, so anyways, before I get too emotional, I'm going to move on to the question. What is the thing you love most about your mom? Everyone tuned in online, Facebook, YouTube, uh, throw it in the comments section. What do you love most about your mom? Everyone in service, you can, if you're brave enough. I give you permission to jump online, post it in Facebook or YouTube so we can go back and I can read it off and embarrass you all to your moms next week. Um, what do you love most about your mom? <clears throat> and this morning as we get for the service, we're going to be reading through Proverbs 31. We played it through uh, just before the countdown this morning. It went through really fast. If you didn't read it, that's okay. I don't think I could have read it in the time that gave for you to go through the whole passage. Um, but we're going to go on Proverbs 31. If you got your paper Bible, you can follow along. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen, both online and in-house. If you've grown up in church, Proverbs 31 is the woman who fears the Lord. It's the virtuous woman. It's, I think it gets read every Mother's Day, probably. Um, I don't know what we did last we had a way better speaker last Mother's Day, um, so I can't remember what she talked about. Okay, she talked about Proverbs 31. So there you go. I'm just staying true to form. Every Mother's Day, it pops up. Um, and for everyone who had your, you know, you were diligent, you put your bookmark on Ephesians 4, don't worry, I didn't lie, we will come back to Ephesians 4. We are still focusing, it's still our foundational passage but we're just going to step aside Proverbs 31 for just a moment. We're going to read it. And like I did last week, I want you moms, husbands, dads, follow along and see what stands out to you as I read through this passage. What are the things that jump off the page? You're like, huh, that's interesting. I need to take note of that. Starting at verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives what her merchandise is profitable. 
Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Her she opens her mouth with wisdom, and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Question number two, what stood out to you in that passage? And there's a lot. There's a lot in that passage. Um, lots of different things stood out to me even as I read it this morning. Every time I read it, I think something different shows up. But what stood out to you in that passage? And when we read a passage like this, and there's a lot, Solomon does it, Paul does it, lots of the writers make this long list of, you know, so this, so this instance was the woman who fears the Lord, and Paul will be the, the good church leader, so you know, those ones always hit me a little harder. Um, you know, there's all these different lists, and we read them, and they impact us differently, and typically when we go through this list, you're one of three people. Number one, you read through and you check the boxes of everything you're doing good. And you're like, oh, I'm doing good. Thanks. Brush the hair back. We're, we're okay. Flip side, you read through a list like this and you look at everything that you're not doing well and you beat yourself up. Oh, no, I'm not doing so good in that area. I wish I could be doing better in this. I wish I, you know, we, we beat ourselves up or you beat yourself up and the third person is, you look at that list, you look at it in its entirety, and you're just like, I just, I'm just never going to measure up to that. I, would just, I just will never be that woman, I'll never be that person, and you, you beat yourself up, and you just, you, it feels like an impossible, unattainable standard that the Word of God seems to put. And the truth is, there's two things that I want to say to all moms, and guys, you don't get to tune out because you have to play just as important part in this as I do. So two things I want you to know. Number one, you are the woman that Solomon describes. You are. Last couple weeks ago, we talked about identity and how your identity is not found in what anyone else says. It's found in who God says you are. And God set, speaks this over each and every one of you moms, every one of you wives, every one of you girls who are growing up to be wives and moms. This is your truth, not because anyone else says it, but because God has declared it over you. You are the woman to be praised. You are the person who speaks wisdom. You are the virtuous woman that Solomon talks about. And nobody can take that away from you. And unfortunately, at times, 
your husbands and your kids aren't great at communicating it to you. So guys, <laughs> we need to step up, right? Because whether we communicate it or not, at some level, your kids and your husbands do see it in you because you are set apart, right? The passage said, you, everyone may excel, but you are cut above. You are more excellent than the rest. And that is true. All Your family sees that in you, and we just need to be better. I admitted it earlier, right? I just need to be better at letting my mom know that she's awesome. And we need to be better as men and as kids at letting our moms and our wives know that you are exceptional. You are awesome, and we love you, and you deserve all of the praise and all of the adoration we can pour out on you. And I'm sorry for the times when it is not communicated to you. Okay? Guys, you're welcome. I apologize for you. You don't save you the bad part. Okay? We're sorry for the times we don't say it. We're sorry for the times we don't communicate it the way that you should hear it. You are loved. You are adored. You are set apart. You are exceptional. And not only is that your identity because God has declared it over you, but the second thing I want you to know is that you can be that woman. Not only is that your identity, but you can be everything Solomon has declared over you because it's not this standard that you achieve. It's not a place where you arrive and you're like, you know, the angels don't sing because you have become this person. It's a goal. It's the, it's the X marks the spot. It's a process that you work on every single day. And the point is, just like your faith, just like as you work on being everything that God has called you to be, you don't nail it every single day, but every day is just a little bit better than the last. And so you're, this is the goal. You move slowly towards it. And this is where we come back to the Ephesians 4 passage. Because this is what it says in Ephesians 4 about the church and the people that are in the Spirit. Starting in verse 12, he lists off all the offices, all the leaders that he's established in the church. He says, these leaders are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. It is this mutual building up, this mutual encouraging and coming together for the sake of growth, growth and maturity, which we're going to see in the next verse, until we attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, we're going to come back to that, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking love and truth, we are to grow up Grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So the goal is not just for the moms, but for all of us. The call is, last week we talked about unity, how we need to be unified in the spirit, unified in purpose, unified in, we've got to put away the grievances, we've got to put away the hurts and the offenses, and we need to be the peacemakers, eager to maintain unity through the bond of peace, it said last week. Well, this week, one of the goals of the unity is that when we come together, we're encouraging each other. We're maturing in our faith. We're maturing in our relationship with the Spirit. We're maturing in our relationship with each other. And the, <clears throat> that verse about mature manhood that I emphasized last week, you know, 
you know, the Tim Allen grunt, um, which I can't do. Um, most, most translations drop the manhood thing. It just says that we are to work together through the bond of peace into maturity, spiritual maturity. And so just like we encourage you, as we encourage the women, we encourage one another, because the goal is to be, to grow up in the Spirit, to grow up in our faith, to grow up so that we can do the things that God has called us to. <coughs> and if the goal isn't to grow up in our faith, then the question is, why not? Why is that not one of the things we want to do? Why is it not one of the things we want to grow in this relationship? We want to experience God's Spirit moving in power and might in not only the li- our lives, not only in our hearts, but in the lives and the hearts of our family. Because as we grow, it becomes contagious, it becomes infectious, and it gets into everything around us. The same way we talked about when we talked about sin. The same way sin is infectious, and when our sin doesn't just affect us, it affects everybody. When we're in the Spirit, and we're led and guided, and it's the Spirit is the dominant voice in our life, it's infectious. It gets into our kids. It gets into our co-workers. It gets into, and the more mature we are, the more we grow in this relationship, the more infectious it becomes. Because if we're not growing... Paul said this in the next, in the last, I'll read it again. So that we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. So Paul is saying that if we don't grow up in our faith, if we don't become mature disciples of Christ, then we are more susceptible to being led astray by the lies of the world, by the lies of the people on social media. And we've seen it. We've watched this year as people who have not been growing up, who have not been maturing in their faith, have gotten tossed around by every new news, every new trend, every new stat, every, and it's all deceit, it's all lies. Hebrews talks about how we need to, as disciples, stop thirsting for spiritual milk and start getting into spiritual meat, actually digging into the Word and letting it get into our hearts and letting it be the primary foundation of our lives. Hebrews says in 13 <clears throat> that as we grow, we are... We aren't tossed around by deceit. We're not tossed around by the lies, but that we are encouraged by the grace. Our hearts are encouraged by the grace that we receive from the people that we are around. We come together as people in the Spirit, and we give each other grace, and we encourage one another, and we share in our victories, and we share in our, our hurts, and we get people praying for us, and we, we grow together. Romans 5, not Romans 5, Romans talks about, Paul says, the letter in the Romans, that there are people out there who have scales on their eyes, and they can't see the truth even if it was in front of them. And the point of our maturity, the point of us coming together, the point of us maintaining that connection and that guiding of the Spirit is so that we are not among those people who have scales on our eyes and we don't see the truth. And more importantly, not only do we need to be able to see the truth, but we need to see a lie 
for what it is. We need to be able to recognize what is contrary to God's word, what is contrary to God's spirit, and reject it before it even gets a chance to get set. Ugh. Before it even gets a chance to set up a stronghold in our life. Because once that stronghold is there, once that lie gets a footing, it's really hard to get it out. We need to just be drenching ourselves in God's truth. We need to be over getting into these places of overwhelming amounts of God's presence and allowing him to be the dominant voice in our life so that we can step into everything that God has called us to be, whether it is for the moms, whether it's stepping into the virtuous woman described in Proverbs 31, men, it's the fathers that Paul talks about, it's the church leaders that we're called to be, whatever it is that God is calling you to be, it starts with our our humbleness to submit to God's leading, to come together as spirit-filled people and start sharing what the spirit is doing in our life. We need to put away the small talk. Get into the real talk. Get into what's going on. And (laughs) the problem is, sometimes we don't always know. If I were to stand at the back and ask you, what is God teaching you today? How many people are going out the side doors? If I was sitting there, I probably would be. We don't want to have that conversation. But when we are people in the spirit, we ha- we're ready for that question. We're ready for that to give that answer. Peter talks about always being ready to give an account for the faith that you hold on to. Always ready to tell what's going on. Always ready to share a story. Always ready to share what you're reading. Always ready. We're called to grow in maturity in the Spirit. Moms, once again, happy Mother's Day. You are the virtuous woman. You are the Spirit-led woman. You are exactly who you need to be for your kids, for your husband, for your coworkers. You are a cut above the rest. You are exceptional. And even if, for the rest of the week, if you have to declare that over your life, then do it. Come back to, you know, go back to the recording. Listen to that every day if you have to. But you are everything Proverbs 31 says it is. And I pray that you are, that gets spoken over your life every day this week. Because like I said, what the slide said just before service starts, you don't deserve just one day of praise. You don't deserve just one day to hear the truth about you. You should hear it every single day of your life, exactly how precious you are in the lives of your family and everyone around you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your your patience with us. God, I pray, like last week, as we grow in an eagerness for unity in our body, in the unity in the church, unity in our family, God, I pray that you would give us an excitement to build one another up, to grow in the maturity of the faith, to grow in the maturity of the spirit like you called us to. God, we love you. We know that you are the source of all wisdom. You're the source of all life. And so, God, 
help us as we move towards the maturity that you have called us to. Help us as we move towards, and God, help us forgive ourselves when we stumble. Help us to have grace for ourselves when we fall, because you are there to pick us up. You dust us off, and we just keep right on going. God, may we as a church, may we as disciples be defined by our willingness to grow in maturity in the Lord. May you be the, the loudest voice in our life, Lord Jesus. May, your, may we have a hunger for your word to become the men and women you have called us to be, to do the things you have called us to do in your name, to your honor, to your glory, our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.